I am Michael. I'm a business owner, entrepreneur, investor, kind of funny improv artist, very, 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 very neurotic. And I'm really into geeking out about technology and all sorts of other things. I'm a TV host and your host right now for what we call the Second Scene Podcast. It's a Dweebs Global production where we offer free resume help, mental health assistance, and everything in between. We have over 500 volunteers from around the world, and we are here to help. And it is completely free and completely confidential. I'm here today with Chris D.T. Gordon. Chris was forced into a second scene after his battle with necrotizing fasciitis, which simply put is it's a flesh-eating bacteria. So I, I know it was like one of my biggest fears as a kid was getting that. And that's why I kind of avoid ponds and other bodies of water. Um, so we'll get into that shortly, but it, it was, yeah, bad, bad dreams about getting that as a kid. And I'm sure a lot of other people have them as well. So we're going to give people some heebie-jeebies. Yay! <laughs> so what was, what was, what was your life? Welcome. And what was your life like? What were you doing before you got this? Well, first of all, thanks, Michael, for having me on. I greatly appreciate it. You know, I was 40 years old. I have a, a wonderful, beautiful, every superlative wife, Becky, who's also a teacher. And I'm a teacher in an, an online middle school. And I have been since 2012. My uh, three kids fill us with joy and sometimes frustration. Uh, at the time, uh, Josh was six and Seth and Anna were twins. They were two years old. And I was just a normal average, you know, getting into middle-aged guy. I, I love teaching. I, am an, I was an avid runner. I like to do some uh, improv theater occasionally. There's a friend of mine here in town in New Ulm, Minnesota, who has a murder mystery business. So once in a while, I would find myself cast in one of his play, one of his performances. And I was just living the, mid, uh, the, the middle class dream, if you can consider the middle class still existing. Uh, so yeah, you know, just every every day was a new fun adventure. Okay, I, I'm not going to talk about it much here because I think my listeners are sick and tired of it, but I do improv and I love it and I tell everyone they should do it. So, oh, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, it is. So that sounds like fun uh, volunteering or helping your friend out as a character in his murder mystery. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny because, he, you know, we are very German here in New Ulm. And so a lot of his characters have German traits. There are, there are a few recurring characters in all the plays, but most of them have some kind of German spin on them. There's always, uh, you know, a, someone with a Minnesota accent, you know, yeah, sure. You betcha. They sound like they're from Fargo. It's, it's all good. It's a lot of fun though. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it is. I hosted a, a dinner party for a friend's birthday, a murder mystery. That was, that was tons of fun to do. So, uh, so continue. I'm sorry. I, I, no, no, it's uh, no, that, that was basically it. I, you know, I, I love, I also love comic books. So you can see the Ninja Turtles and Deadpool behind me. <laughs> I am a huge fan of pop culture. You know, the, the MCU, I love the Marvel movies and I love, I like the DC movies too, but I'm a huge MCU file. I, you know, go to com comic book conventions. I, you know, all the Star Wars stuff I'll take. And so, you know, I just was living the middle age, 
uh, you know, geek's dream of being able to do all the things I wanted to do. And, you know, I'm not a huge, I'm not, I'm not very needy. You know, I like, like you, I'm a little neurotic, but otherwise I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't cost a lot. Let's put it that way. I got you. I got you. Yeah. All right, so we'll get to it. So what what were you doing when this virus found you or this bacteria? I always thought it was a virus, but it's a bacteria. What did you yes. what, what were you doing when this bacteria found you? Well, you know, I was doing probably the most dangerous thing you can do. I was flying my son to the garage because he was being pokey on our morning trek to get the kids off to school. <laughs> Yes, he was being a two-year-old, just walking, and we all toddling around, as two-year-olds do. So I decided I'm going to pick him up. We're going to have a little fun and fly down to the garage. We have a detached garage in the back of our house. So I'm flying him back and forth. I veer too far to the right and scrape my hand, the back of my right hand. Sounds pretty you know, benign. Sounds pretty benign. It's, uh... you, know, you know, Michael, as a former boy, I've gotten scrapes before. Right. This was no different than any other. Okay. So I put him in his car seat. I kissed him all goodbye. And then I go back into the house, wash out my wound and begin my day teaching online. I thought nothing of it. Three days later, I wake up and I find a lacrosse or fist ball sized bump on my right elbow. Now, I don't usually wake up like that. So I decided, now oh, I'm going to go check this out. Okay. And so I was, as I was driving to the urgent care, I was thinking about what could have happened. And the night before, my wife and I had gone bowling. So I was wondering, did this happen because I wasn't paying attention? I slipped down the lane, you know, like everyone does when they bowl, right? right. Everyone falls down in the lane and makes oh. looks like a total idiot. Of course, right? Of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, this I'm pretty sore. I think I they could, do. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm popping a muscle or something. I'm I'm achy after a day of bowling. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, lugging that that sphere around, it, you know, and who knows what could have happened. So I figured, oh, maybe it was that. So I go to the doctor, and I tell him what I just told you, and he said, well, could be, could be bursitis. Why don't you, you know, just check on it, keep an eye on it. If something else happens, let us know. So I keep an eye on it that day. And as the day progressed, my bump progressed. It progressed from my elbow to the uh, to my hand and then up to my shoulder. Wow. As it did throughout the day, I was becoming increasingly lethargic and nauseous. I saw the toilet a few times. And by the time eight o'clock rolled around, I look like the Incredible Hulk in mid-transformation. <laughs> my right arm was triple the size of my left. Damn. So we decided to grab a babysitter for the kids, who thankfully at that time still went to bed uh, by 8 o'clock. And then Becky drove me to the emergency room. Well, they quickly admitted me because huge arm. And started taking my vitals. Well, they found out something else that was fun. I had also gone septic. Oh, wow. That quick. Yes. It, 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 you know, I don't know when exactly it started, but yeah, they could not get a, an accurate blood pressure on me, blood pressure reading on me. So I was in double jeopardy at that time. And they had no idea what was going on. 
So it, it, aseptic, just for people that don't understand what that is, that means your body's essentially poisoning itself, right? Or yes, you're... yes, it's a it's a reaction that the body uh it, to the reaction to a foreign agent in the bloodstream, where like you said, it's a it's an over it's a it's a, an exaggeration where the body will send a chemical through your bloodstream to kill off any germs. However, that too can kill you. It's akin to um telling a toddler to pick up his or her toys and they proceed to burn the house down. Got you. Got you. So I think it's getting some people with COVID too. I believe it's uh, some people's immune systems are overreacting and mm -hmm. that's what's causing some of the damage there. uh, Yes. Yeah. But yeah, sepsis is no joke. So they keep me overnight in the morning. That attending doctor walks up to my gurney and says, the word says the words I never thought I would hear. Mr. Gordon, this is beyond us. We can do nothing more for you here. Whoa. Where do you want to go? After taking in what she had just said, I thought immediately of the Mayo Clinic, which is in Rochester, Minnesota, two hours away. Not only because it's world-renowned, but because Becky's parents live in Rochester. In fact, at the time, her dad was a chaplain for the, for the hospital chain. So it just made sense because there, you know, we had family close by and Becky and the kids could, and the dog could stay with them for the sure, I'm positive two or three days this would take to resolve itself. Right. Right. Because it's Mayo Clinic. They can get you fixed up like that. Of course. Band aid, you're gone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in and out. So they take, they uh, drive me to the municipal airport. They strap me literally into the side of a plane because planes aren't usually geared for giant gurneys. So they had to strap me to the inside of the plane. I could see about, about maybe six square inches of a window. And they flew me to Rochester. Meanwhile, my, meanwhile, Becky loaded up the kids and the dog and drove to Rochester. Again, we had no idea how long this was going to take. We thought two or three days. So she drops the kids off and the dog at uh, mom and dad's house. And then she and dad, uh, Bill, drive to the hospital. They meet me at the same time. I'm, I'm getting wheeled in. Bill and Becky come in at the same time. Well, they admit me and quickly diagnose me with necrotizing fasciitis. Okay. And as soon as they figure out what this is, they're getting ready for surgery. Wow. That's amazing. They knew so quickly what it was. That it was something they, they could recognize in two seconds at this other hospital. Almost had no clue as to what was going on. Yeah. They actually had a, another gentleman who was in the, uh, in, at Mayo the week, uh, the week prior with NF. He had lost his arm and then died. Oh, wow. So they did not tell you this. They did not tell you this at the time. I'm hoping. I found out afterwards. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't tell you that. So uh, yeah, they don't walk up to you. So we're gonna get you in surgery. By the way, our track record is not really good for success here. But you know what? We're hoping you're our lucky charm. Right. Right. We <laughs> lessons learned from the last one. Uh, yeah. Did- yeah 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 snip first yeah (laughs) did you know at all like how serious this was at this point i guess i had an idea you know because i've never had my arm you know triple in size before 
so I mean, I knew something was up, but I never, I mean, I didn't know about NF until after I woke up from my coma. Uh, because I mean, they, they may have told me, I just don't remember because as they were prepping me for surgery, they gave me some fantastic drugs that, uh, no, that killed the pain and a few memory cells and also gave me some wonderful hallucinations. Gotcha. I'll talk about in a little bit. The last memory I have, and this is a foggy one, Michael, mm-hmm. is I was in my wheelchair. The surgeon was sitting opposite me, telling me what was going on, tell, or telling me what was going to happen. He, was, he had a very serious tone about him because apparently this was killing me or something. Do you remember the movie True Lies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, do you remember the scene where Arnold's character was drugged and he proceeds to tell the captors how he's going to escape and kill them all. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. That was me without the murder. I got you. I was very confident. I was almost jovial. And I was gung-ho to get this done. <laughs> Apparently, the surgeon was not used to that. No. <laughs> he, he told me later on that kind of weirded him out a bit because he was used to people being wine, you know, not whiny, but crying, scared, you know, praying. And I, I was just, let's go, let's do this. I, I must have looked like a drunken Charles Xavier. Right. <laughs> you know, my bald head and my my gung-ho attitude. Yeah. Well, apparently helped. So you're still here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So uh yeah, uh, so they they put me into an induced coma for five days. And they uh, proceeded to uh, go forth with the first surgery, which is basically a debridement, uh, which is they took all the infected skin off. And so that means that from the back of my right hand, they went all the way through my uh, through my arm to my shoulder and then down my chest. You can see there. Oh, wow. And then all the way to the back. Man, it had already spread that far. Holy cow. Yes, yes. It they they said it was akin to a forest fire. Yeah. And that's how they treated it. They cut in front of the infection to make sure they removed all of it. Right. God, they had to be so careful uh that they got it all. Um, yes. That's crazy because I'm sure it was even hard to tell where that was ending if it was moving so fast. Yeah, it was progressing pretty quickly uh for you know for such an infection. Yeah. So they, yeah, they would draw a red line as to where they would cut. And when it, it reached the base of my neck, that's when Becky left the room because, you know, they had drawn a line before they started the first surgery and it was getting very close to my neck. Um, but that's also when they decided to start to uh, start operating. So the first operation was to remove all the infected skin and uh, tissue they noticed that during that first surgery, the infection had gone so far into my right hand that they were certain they would have to amputate. In fact, they told Becky and my brother, Jeff, who flew in from Michigan, that very thing, we're gonna have to amputate. So they were prepping for that. However, when they actually started the second surgery, the occupational therapist in in attendance, notice I still had hand function. 
So what they elected to do was they extracted a 15 inch by four inch flap of skin from my left thigh and placed it on my right hand and forearm. Oh, wow. And since this is my thigh on my hand, I call this my thand. <laughs> and you can special use, abilities because yeah, works. so it has longer hair you can braid it <laughs> and uh yeah and so it's uh you know i have a li- i have a little more feeling in this area than i do in the skin grafts because skin grafts do not have nerve endings more or less okay and so i had i do have a little more skin uh, a little more uh feeling here but it's they just did such a, a masterful job because it's flush with my original skin yeah and they say and they say that usually with uh with flaps like this there's going to be a little raise in it mm-hmm. um but no for the most part it's it is flush with the rest of my arm did they do all this while you were still under that in that coma oh yes oh, okay oh wow yeah and so and also uh, speaking of the skin grafts they took a skin graft harvester that is the name of it a skin graft harvester which looks like a cheese grater on steroids. They ran it up and down my back and my thighs to make sure I would never tan. You know, being a ginger, I had a little chance at first, but they said, no way, buddy. Just you <laughs> use sunscreen. So, <laughs> yeah, so I have uh, the uh, harvested skin grafts and that's what covers the infected areas that weren't uh covered by the uh, flap the skin graft is just a layer of skin though where they're not actually okay so that's okay yeah and so and actually uh, going back to the flap real quick uh, the the wound they left when they extracted the skin flap was so large that they couldn't close the wound naturally so they had to remove my vastus lateralis which is my outermost quadricep muscle for my left thigh oh wow so instead of having a quad, I have a try now. Could you still, you could walk on it, I'm guessing? And Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, 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 the only, re, the only time I feel it really is when I'm on long runs, my left leg tires out a bit more than, uh, before, a bit sooner before my right does. Okay. But otherwise it, you know, I, there's no change in my gait. No, oh, interesting. And yeah. Yeah. It's just that the other muscles just have to work a little harder. Right you think it would alter you a little more than that. that. That's pretty neat. Yes. Five days later, I thought I was at the bottom of a water slide where I was being pummeled by green liquid. Apparently I was throwing up CT fluid and it was, there's so much that I thought it was water. Remember those hallucinations I was talking about? Yeah. That's one of them. <laughs> You're on Nickelodeon being slimed. You were throwing. Yeah, up yeah. I thought it was that like, uh, what was that? Double Dare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, so I woke up not too happy. Right. Uh, my my brother walked in, looked at me, and almost flew back to Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> but thankfully, he didn't. Uh, so that night, uh, Becky, uh, my brother Jeff, and Bill come back to the hospital. Well, Jeff was already there, so they all congregate around my gurney start telling me what had happened they don't tell me too much but just just to make sure everyone's fine and you know they uh, asked me to let people you know the you know what should i say to people hey just thanks for the prayers thanks for the well wishes and they let me go to sleep and so during that first night i'm taking stock of how things are going to be now 
I'm looking at my arm is covered by a huge cast, a huge uh, yellow cast. Even my pinky was covered, which I thought was weird. I thought they had amputated my pinky. So I started imagining, again, hallucinating, right. that I could get a robo pinky. <laughs> so that would have a laser point at the end. So I could go back into a traditional classroom and use my pinky finger as a laser pointer. <laughs> you were hoping. You were hoping for some of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, a little part of me was a little disappointed when I found that he was still there. <laughs> but I still love him. So a little while, you know, the next day, I can't remember if it was exactly if it was the next day or day a day after becky and i are talking about things that have gone on and i've had a little time to take stock of what life was going to be like from here on out right i'm hacked up i'm full i was basically filleted michael i can't imagine i was you know i got muscles missing now i've you know i have blood clots because i've been so uh sedentary i'm just a mess becky starts telling me about all the things that people have done for us while i was out we've had people shovel our walkways and our dry and our uh, snow blow our driveways because it's still march in minnesota and we've had people donate toys and food to our family Remember, uh, we thought this was going to be two or three days. It turned out to be two weeks that Becky and the kids were at mom and dad's house. So people are dropping off toys to the kids, playing with the kids when you can do that without needing a mask. People are donating money to a GoFundMe account that a friend of Becky's from high school set up who had never met me. So she's telling me all these things. And I'm... Just I could just feel the light from heaven just shine down on me with this revelation that I need to develop the attitude of gratitude. I didn't call it that then because I felt that if I were to become negative or depressed or angry at my situation, that my actions would be a slap in the face to anyone who stepped up to help us. Uh, it's amazing you had that attitude and, and you can move forward like that. But it sounds like you always had that in you. This just pushed it even farther. I, I you know, I did. You know, I've always been, you know, a somewhat p positive guy. Mm -hmm. But I, I felt that, you know, if I if those people hadn't helped us, you know, what kind of shape would we be in? You know, if my wife didn't have the job that she had with the insurance that she had, we would, you know, my all this costs a million dollars. I am, you know, I am, I am one sixth of uh, Lee Majors. I'm the one million dollar man. So, you know, the so I had to be thankful that we didn't have that bill, you know. And so, starting to take stock of all the things that were good in my life, not only the big things, but the small things as well, the seemingly insignificant aspects of my life that I was appreciative of really started to take hold and that started leaking in then to how I interacted with people you know be it the the doctor the, the my plastic surgeon who made me look as awesome as I do now with my permanent cosplay to the orderlies and the people who brought up my food 
I needed to show them how much I appreciated them for what they do for me. So what was the first change you made? I'm sure you're already treating them well. So what did you, what was the, what was the change you made to make it even, even more? You know, I, I made it my goal to learn everyone's name at the hospital. That'd be impossible for me. <laughs> Every, everyone, everyone, well, not everyone in the hospital, everyone with whom I had contact. Right, right, right. You know, all the nurses, all the, uh, you know, the, the food staff, everyone. I wanted to let them know that I saw them more than just the role that they play. Because there really wasn't a lot I could do given my situation. My job was to recover. So I did that. I, I listened to the uh, physical therapists. I pushed myself to the limit to get as healthy as I could to show them that I respect them enough that I'm going to, I'm going to be the best patient I can be. And I'm a horrible patient usually, Michael. Yeah. I, I have no, I have no patience to, re, to be a patient. Usually you talk to my, talk to my running therapist, you know, my physical therapist for running. I'm, I, I am, I'm not very good, but in this situation, I needed to be the best. Okay. And so I would also, you know, I get on Facebook and, you know, social media, and thank people for their well wishes, you know, and let them know I'm thinking of them as well, whether they're going through a hard time or I, I remember a few times I donated to others GoFundMe accounts nice. because I felt now this is my purpose. My purpose is to help people live grateful, positive lives because I, 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 I'm living proof that when you have a grateful, positive life, a life, you make positive choices. And those positive choices have benefited me to this day. I mean, I'm talking to you, aren't I? I mean, that's a positive thing in itself. Mm -hmm. And so I need to let people know that, yes, life sucks sometimes. You're going to get knocked down. But how you approach that situation will forever change the rest of your life. Right. So you call it the attitude of gratitude. Yes. Or and, tag for short. Okay. Uh, is there... What else can you share about the attitude with gratitude? What's its quote? Well, I'm a simple guy, so I keep it simple. Okay. There are three steps to tag. The, and you can see it right up there, in fact. The T stands for think of all the big and little things in your life that you are grateful for. Now, I, I mentioned the big things, of course, your faith, your family, your job, your house, your, you know, your friends, all those big things. But also the little things. For example, let's see here. These nail clippers. Now, everyone has everyone usually has nail clippers in their house, and then they're a thing to have. Mm -hmm. But when you have a hangnail, or you or you scratch something, and like, oh man, that nail is just bugging me. You search high and low all over your house, mm -hmm. and if you don't have one, you'll go to the store and buy one. And when you finally procure it, it is the most valuable item in your possession. So being able to see items for the value that, it, that they give you and appreciate them even when you don't need them makes you richer than you could ever possibly imagine before. Then you have the A, which is acknowledge the appreciated. Let people know why you appreciate them. In the hospital, I, you know, I did my best, as, you, as I told you, to uh, you know, learn everyone's name as much as I could. 
I thanked them profusely for everything that they did for me. Um, you know, I, I shared my feelings with, uh, with them in terms of, you know, how they made me feel. It's giving people value that, you know, in a way where they can't pay you back. Um, it's seeing people for the value of themselves, regardless of how they, they uh, affect your life as well. Because, you know, I look at my wife, Becky, I mean, yes, she's my wife. I love her. She's my best friend. Apart from me, though, she's a fantastic teacher. She reaches students in so many different ways and helps them learn how to think, not what to think. She is a, an incredible mother. She is a loyal and gracious friend. And so when I think of all those things that she is, and then I say, oh, oh yeah. And she's also my wife and she loves me more than anything else. That just, and you know, I don't want to, you know, put anyone on a pedestal, but it, it gives our relationship so much more strength because I appreciate her for the person that she is, she is apart from who we are as a couple. Mm -hmm. And so being able to do that for everyone in my life and letting them know how I feel about them is the second part of tag because it allows me to extend the love that I have for people. And then finally, there's the G and this is where we really get things going is giving others a reason to be grateful. Now, like I said, I couldn't do a lot in the hospital, you know, other than get on social media and donate to a couple GoFundMe accounts. But once I was discharged, I started doing all that I could. And I started getting back into running. And whenever I go out for a run, I pick up a piece of trash, whether it's on the road or in someone's yard without being too trespassy. I, you know, I shovel uh, people's walkways. I, you know, snow, when I have time, I try to snow blow their, uh, their driveways. I uh, mow their lawns. Uh, you know, if I know that they're getting a little long, uh, we have neighbors to our South who have uh, twins as well. And being a fellow dad of twins, I know how busy life can be. So if I have the mower out, I'll go mow their lawn as well. It's even opening the door for someone that's right behind you. Right. And letting them, letting them know you see them whether they have their hands laden with groceries or not. And the beautiful thing about all those acts, Michael, is that they cost nothing of me, but they can be priceless to the recipient because we never know what's truly going on in people's lives. Right. You know, people are like icebergs. We only see a tiny amount of what makes them the person they are and what's going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. So if I can do my best to make their day even a little bit better, I'm going to do it. So this, it, this sounds so ideal. And I can imagine so many people listening to you and watching this. And for a day, they're going to be different. But then to continue it the next day is the hardest part. Yes. <laughs> so, day, day two is always harder. <laughs> and, and I mean, then it just, it, you know, like every like 90% of what people do, things fade away and people mm -hmm. stop stop going for that goal or going for, you know, the, the change that they wanted to do. Um, do you have like a program that helps people 
continue it or start with baby steps or yep, you know i have um i'm worried i'm it's in product in post-production i have a course based on tag it's a three-week course where the first week we practice the t practice being thankful for things we write down at least three things that you're thankful for you write down why you're thankful for them and if possible what how your life would be worse without them you know, being able to see what, you know, almost like a, uh, a, it's a wonderful life scenario, you know, my life would be horrible without these nail clippers. <laughs> you know, so being able to, you know, to, uh, take, take stock in all the things that are good in your life. That's the first week. The second week we, uh, keep the tag. Then we work in the acknowledging the appreciated. We think of one to three people every day that you can thank for something that they've done for you. Or maybe it's not even something they've done for you. It's what they do for the world. You know, maybe they, they're they always the person posting really cute, you know, inspirational pictures on Facebook. Or maybe they've got a kind smile for someone at church. Or, you know, whatever it is that you appreciate that they do or for whom the person they are. That's the second week. And then the third week, we take the T, the A, and then throw on the G. And we start thinking of ways that we can give others a reason to, to be grateful. And along with those, uh, along with those uh, daily practices, I have videos where I share some statistics about you know, the benefits of gratitude, you know, uh, some studies from the University of uh, California, Berkeley. I go into, you know, go ahead, I take deep dives into why it's psychologically beneficial to be uh, gracious or grateful, as well as the physical and social aspects. Right. No, I'm, I'm sure, you know, just positive thinking, you know, yes, it, it all goes into it. Well, thank you. This was super interesting. I'm glad that you have such a cool arm now and you appreciate it. And oh, yeah, in fact, uh, I actually have, I actually put it to use a year after I received, it. I'll show you a quick picture here. Okay. So my best friend in college um, flew in to see me uh, while I was in the hospital. He lives in Montana. And to, uh, to keep up a tradition that we had started of visiting each other, I, drove, I flew to Helena the next year. And then we road tripped to Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, as opposed to and, you know, Salt, Lake, Salt Lake City, Arizona. Um, and there was a uh, comic book convention there. And Mark Hamill happened to be there okay so i figured luke skywalker needed his hand back <laughs> that's funny <laughs> so i got a picture of me showing my scars and cutting my friend's hand off to uh, give it to him uh actually that's a mannequin hand i bought and i uh, i burned slightly so it looked like it was cut off by a lightsaber <laughs> that's funny <laughs> but yeah no these are these are awesome uh cosplay options for me <laughs> that's awesome you have such a great attitude towards it um it's amazing you know so many of us all get like a pimple and it's like <laughs> the end of the world yeah <laughs> you know it puts things in perspective so um well, I really appreciated this. Where can people find you? Definitely. Uh, thanks, Michael. They can find me at linktr.ee forward slash Chris DT Gordon. That's where I have a number of uh, a couple of speaking websites where I talk about how my message could benefit uh, young people, high school students, middle school students, college students, 
and where people can reach me for speaking opportunities, either in person or virtual. That's the beauty of being an online teacher. I can, I can speak all over the world and uh, it's not new to me. Um, I have also have my podcast called Scar Bearers, where I talk with other people with uh, either physical, emotional, or psychological scars. And we talk about how uh, they deal with their tales of trial and triumph. I have the podcast, I have the YouTube channel that mirrors that. I, have a, I also have a tag one sheet that people can download for free. It goes through the, the steps of tag. And it's a good daily reminder to help them live the attitude of gratitude every day. And they can find that at uh, winktr.ee forward slash Chris DT Gordon. And I have a couple other things as well. I'm a, I am a contributing writer to the Modern Warrior magazine that just launched in April 2021. I am a co-author of the book Business Life in the Universe Volume 3 right there, Blue Talks Presents. And I just try to keep busy sharing my message and helping people live more positive, grateful lives. And if you want to email me, it's chrisdtgordon at gmail.com. Okay. Well, you're doing some wonderful things. I will definitely post the links down below. So please, everyone, go check them out. Uh, and thanks again, Chris. This was uh, super interesting. Got me squirming a little bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just amazing what you've been through. So thank you. Well, thank you, Michael. Again, I, I greatly appreciate the opportunity and it's good to talk with you again. Great. Well, again, this has been a Dweebs Global production. You can go to them for free mentorship help. They have over 500 mentors from around the world, every language, anything from resume writing to mental health and whatever's in between. So dweebsglobal.org.